0: Today's sermon, we're in our sermon series, Rise. Uh, Last week was Rose. This week is I. This week is I. We're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 2, 1 through 3, Philippians 4, 4, 13, and then Isaiah 6, 8. Um, We're going to get into a point of talking about where we are, I am, um, a point of where we can move forward, I can, and a point of dedication and determination, and I will. But we come to a point sometimes in our life, and this is what we start in our Deuteronomy scripture. We come to a point where we've been kind of going around in circles, and we're we can't find rest anywhere we go. And so, for me, the, the throughout the week, the sermon kind of took its shape. Um, and so forth, because for me, I've come at a point where I can't find rest wherever I go, and that's a tough thing. No matter where I go, you got stress at the job, you got stress at the house, got stress at the church, got stress, 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 stress. I'm probably the most stressed I ever been, um, and I will—I glad, won't gladly tell you—but I gained all the weight that I lost, I gained all back. I'm all, I'm, I, yeah, he's racist. All of it, I'm stressed to the hilt. Can't find any peace. And so, but what God is trying to do, and I believe so, he's trying to say this. You tried everything else, programs, uh, uh, even the TV show that I used to, that I watched, they getting canceled. So in the TV show that I really like. They have officially got canceled. If my DVR gets messed up, I've lost them forever. So I, I don't even have the TV shows I like. They're gone. I have no rest. I used to play video games. I don't have time to play any video games. I used to. And so the, the one stress place I found was food. And that is a detriment, not a help for me. And so I'm at a place, I have no peace. So this is where we get back to the I. I have no peace. Have you ever been there? Wherever you go, you can come home, you can go get stressed on Monday morning, stressed out, and you come to the house, there's some problems there. You can't find anywhere where you're going. I've even tried to share my problem with people. People cut me off and start sharing their problems. I'm like, I want to, cut, and start talking about something I, I'm like, I'm, And I'm just holding my tongue like, okay, let's hear it. You know, there is, I have no person, nothing. And when God is trying to break me down to this, you need to depend upon me and let me guide you and let me direct you and let me walk with you and then I'll open all the rest. But when you've been trying to do everything yourself, when you've been trying to work these things out, you've been trying to do everything and you're not even hitting half the potential of where you could be. You're stressed out. Because you haven't relied on the true, the true person in me. You haven't relied on me. And I'm just, you know, I'm just going to be honest with that. I lost all that weight when I was relying. I mean, talking about relying, I was in the work. And yes, there were stress points, but I had my safe haven in that time period. in my little 30 minutes before I would go to work, now that 30 minutes is gone. I got to get to work earlier. I got to be on, you know, because there's so many pressures at work. How many of y'all felt like that? Where you have come to a place in your life, no matter where you go. I mean, just be real honest. Because sometimes we're like, well, I, I have my family. No, your family's stressing you out. Why well, I got my church? No, your church is stressing you out. Why well, I got my job? No, you're, we always talk about job stressing you out. Wherever you go, you're stressed out. Now I, I kid. Well, I said to my Worship team in the morning. This morning y'all. It's not really about y'all. It's about life itself. That's what it's about. Because on Friday, yes, it was Friday, I got the call. We were not going to be in the gym. I've been taking a lot of stuff in stride. But I'm, this morning was a breaking point. Because every Sunday morning I get on the scale, and I put in beside my little preaching calendar the weight that I'm at. And so when I'm like, I'm all the way back? Ain't that some stuff? Close to not saying stuff. <laughs> this this will be posted on the website. I want y'all to understand that I, you come to a point where you are tired. You tired here by everybody else's problems. You tired, you just tired. You are tired of being sick and tired. You are just worn out. Have you got to that point? where no matter where you go, it just seems stress is right there. But God is saying, and this is what we're going to get to, I am. He says in Deuteronomy 2, chapter 2, verse 1 through one through 3, Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, as the Lord spoke to me and circled the of there for many days. And the Lord spoke to me, saying, you have circled this mountain long enough. Now I turn north. You have been circling over and over again, circling and circling over and over again. You have come to a point where you just keep just circling around. You're like, well, I got my job. you circling around. And then you say, well, you know, it's Monday morning. The same Monday morning that you're going to keep doing It's Monday morning. I got my job. They're going to tell me this and that, stress me out. Or maybe I don't even have my job. Maybe I'm stressed out because I'm still looking for a job on Monday morning. Then you're going to come Monday morning to Monday afternoon. You didn't pack a lunch, so you're going to go eat out. And if you did pack a lunch, you ain't worth nothing because you didn't prepare yourself, so you're still in that circle. Then Monday uh, afternoon passes. Now you ready to leave work at 1 o'clock. It ain't like you ready to leave work at 5. You, 1 o'clock at like that little lunch you had, you ready to leave work. Now you're finally at the end of work and you got home. And at home is all your stresses too. Now you're going through all your stresses. And if you got children, you you try to work with your children, put your children down. Now you're trying to find some dinner, right? You keep trying to find you some dinner. And you find yourself dinner. And now you are at a time where you're going to rest. Suppose rest. Now you know what they say. You should not eat while you watch TV. It's not good for you. Then they say the TV that you watch should be beneficial. But you know what TV you watch. Some hot mess. <laughs> and so you come to a point now you ready to go sleep. And you're going to do the same circle again. Now, when you get to the weekend, it's a little different. I'm going to sleep a little later. But you ain't going to do nothing possible. You're going to do nothing. Nothing that's going to actually benefit you. Then you get to Sunday morning. Now, Monday morning, we got up at 6 o'clock. Sunday morning, when you know you're to get work at 9 on Monday, you wake up at 6. You get to church at 9, you walk up at 8.30. Amen. We treat God like... Amen. And so this is the circle that we keep doing. And we keep in this circle. We keep doing this circle. And God is saying, you know what? You have been around this mountain. And understand, what we're talking about is a mountain that you are not being able to move. You are, it's a mountain that you are not able to climb over. So what you've been doing, you've been just circling around this mountain. This mountain is your life. And you are tired, but you don't know what to do. And God is saying, it's time to move north. It's time to move north. And so in this chapter, he was talking about the Israelites. And the Israelites had been in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. Before the 40 years, they were in Egypt for almost 400 years as slaves. They had not got to the promised land in almost 500 years. The land that Abraham had talked about, that Isaac had talked about, that Jacob had talked about. They had not got to the so-called promised land, and the land that they were going to get to had changed so much. But they were in the wilderness for 40 years, and the truth is that that person that came out of Egypt, only two of those people who came out of Egypt saw the promised land. That's Joshua and Caleb. And that's because they depended on God and were not relying on themselves. Weren't relying on all the things. They were in awe of God's given manner. They were in awe of all the things He had in the promised land. They were in awe of everything. When everybody else is like us, complaining. Well, why is this? Why we don't got this? Don't we do it? Why well, I got this job? I'm gonna look for me a job. Why well, you on the job? I'm gonna look for me a job. I'm not get on the computer, I don't find me another job. Or we get a job, we're gonna quit that job cause we, I know the is gonna bless me in that job. Did the Lord tell you quit that job? Well, I do not quit the job. I'm tired these folks talking to me like this. I don't get me in that job, so I quit. Or we're gonna talk crazy to our spouse or our children. I'm tired of I'm tired of this stuff. Y'all don't even understand me in here. And we get to this point. Well, we're just like those Israelites in the wilderness going in circles because we're not trying to stand in awe of God. It was, some people say it was maybe a three to six day journey from Egypt to where they needed to get to. But because at the very moment they were complaining before they hit the Red Sea, they, were, they walked on dry land and then they got on the other side and still started complaining and then started worshiping idols. Where Moses had told God down, God said, you know what, I'm going to destroy the people, Moses, and I'm just to, you're just going to have your own people. And Moses had to be, God, please, please, don't do it. Don't do it. It's going to be all right. And so when he comes down the, this, this mountain, they're worshiping another idol. Have we not gotten that problem sometimes when we worship other idols? It may be self that we're worshiping. Most of the time it is. Woe is me. We throw the biggest pity parties of all time. Forget 16. We have the pity party of all time. What with me, things are not going right. I don't like this. I don't like me. I don't like my job. I don't like anything. And God, you know, God is giving you all this. The Israelites did this. When we get in manna, why we can't just have some regular food? What is this? And God said, I gave you manna. It's called, what is this? Yes, but, and then he said, don't take too much. I got something for the next day. Well, oh, you will to give it to me, I have to take it all. And then it turns into one of the maggots. Oh, my goodness, I can't believe this happened. I know what you told me, God, but I'm not going to go with that. And then, he said, where are we going? He was guiding them by a pillar of fire at night, and, and he was doing all these different things. He showed all these miracles. Oh, we're thirsty, Moses. And see, and sometimes I feel like Moses. Moses is stressed the mess out. And I'm and I tell people, I don't understand why Moses hit the rock instead of speaking to it at the end. Because I work in South Dallas. I work with us. And sometimes you wanna hit that rock. Forget it, Lord, I ain't gonna speak. I wanna hit them in the head with the staff. I don't wanna speak to them. And so they got to a point where only two people, even Moses himself, and all because they didn't follow God. Even Moses at the end, when God said, speak to the rock, Moses said, you don't know about these people. I'm going to hit the rock. Water came out, blessings flow, but God said, you did not follow my instruction." And so God is saying, are you following what I'm saying? Are you resting in me? Are you, are, are you at that point? See, because many times we get to a point, we say, we're upset with God, because we got, God, you don't have a plan for me. You don't, you don't understand me. And this is what God said in Jeremiah 29, 11, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you. And I'm reading a different version. This is the Lord's declaration. Plans for your welfare and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. You will call to me and come to pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. I want to put this down a little bit. And find me when you search me with all your heart. God doesn't have a plan for you, He has plans for you. Now I don't know about you. But when you are planning out something and you plan something special for somebody else to execute, that takes time, effort, dedication, and I want to tell you a little bit of love. And the more you love them, the more the plan. The more, and he says, I have plans. I don't have a one plan for Ms. Velma. I have plans for Ms. Velma. But this is what she needs to do to me. She needs to come and pray to me. She needs to come and seek me. You see, that's what God said. This is the contingency on it. I got a plan and plans for you. But if you don't seek me, you can't get the plans. If you don't go and get the map or open your phone and look on your GPS, you say, I don't know where to go because you won't seek the map. You won't open up the phone and get on the GPS. You won't put in for the directions. you just walking. Now, this week, we went to uh, East Texas. We went on the GPS, and it took us a different route than we normally go. Now, if we didn't have the GPS, we were going to be on these winding country roads, and we couldn't even find a gas station. We were looking crazy. So we needed a GPS. Many of us on the winding roads of life, And we won't go to the GPS of God, God's plan and instruction. We won't go to that at all. What we will do, we want to rest. And I, well, I know where I'm going. One time while I was in college, I was driving from Lynchburg, Virginia to D.C. And I said, I know where I'm going. And I'm just driving. And I got to a point where the person I was with, do you know where we are? I actually don't, but I am thinking if I turn around, I will. We're in southeast D.C. And Southeast D.C. is the worst place in, in America. Don't you know this is the crack capital of America? Well, actually, I don't know that. Lock the doors. Lock the doors. We're going to get killed out here. Why was that? First of all, didn't I have a map? Didn't I have, at that point, there was no cell phone to tap into. And so in D.C., in the worst part, why? Because I didn't have a map, and I wasn't trusting a map to go to where I was supposed to go. And so what did I have to do? I had to eventually stop and say, sir, which way do I go? And that was at the gas station with a lot of light. Sir, which way do I go? We're gonna get, we get points like that with God. We want to stop at the gas station and, sir, where do I go? And God said, I don't want to be your gas stop. I want to be your map. Do you see the difference? A gas stop, I can't take that man in the car with me. He can't say, well, take a left here too or right here. God is saying, I want to direct step by step. I don't want you to keep walking on this journey and you're going in circles and God is saying, look, look where you are. You are where you are because either you have not trusted me or you did trust me. It's really that simple. It's that simple. Ask yourself, are you where you are because you trusted God? I'm talking about the places you know you jacked up in. You don't like the job you have? Did you trust God in that job? And are you praising God for that job? See, many of us can't move to the next level or the next step because, see, we get to the point, he says, you did it long enough. It's time to move on to the next level. Many of us are at the same points that we've been in because we won't follow and trust God. See, they got at this long enough. Because that old generation had died out. Is the old generation of you dying out? Is that that distrust of God dying out in you? Is that distrust of his, his blessings dying out in you? Is the only God can be a genie to you? Is that dying out now? Are you looking at God truly as a father now? Is it gone? Where are you now? Because I'm going to tell you, if you're not having your relationships, Have you been trusting God? Have you been praying to God about your relationships And who you're in a relationship with, and depending on what it is, even your children, are you praying with them in one accord to God? Because I want to tell you, the discord that you have in your relationships mounts up when you do not have God speaking into that relationship. That's the honest truth. We get so selfish even in our relationships. Well, You weren't there for me on Friday, so I'm ending the relationship. What? Hold on, I had to work. I know, but I needed you there. It was 2 o'clock, and I needed you there. But I was at work. You know the man going to fire me if you call me one more time? I know, but you should have been there. Once again, it's God in the midst of that relationship because a true, good, godly relationship is about self-sacrifice. It's not even about real compromise. Sometimes you're not going to get what you want so that the other person can increase, can succeed. Oh, he didn't want to accord with that. And so God has plans for me. God has plans for me. The thing is, I need to get out the way and let God run his course in my life. Amen? Okay, so let's go to I can. I feel like I skipped one. I know what I did. I can. I can, Philippians 4 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Ah, I had jumped a little bit. So, Jeremiah 29 11, and then my life may not be going as I planned, but it's going exactly the way God planned. Think about that. God has the best interest for you in your life. I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is the thing. Without Him, He can't lift this up. I can do everything through Him. I can do everything through Him. He is the one. You cannot endure not having not be able to pay your bills. But through Him, you can. You cannot be able to go through loneliness, but through him, you can. You cannot be able to go through the racism and, and, and the things that we go through, but through him, he gives us strength through him, through Christ Jesus. That's how we make it through day by day. See, we went from where I am and I am, and now I am and I can. I can make it through each day. I can make it through each bill. I can make it through when the refrigerator is low. I can make it when my relationships are at its lowest. I can make it through because of him, Jesus Christ, my Savior. And he gives me strength. He does not leave me weak when I walk through him. But when I try to do it on my own, if I try to pick up all these chairs on my own, what's going to happen? I'm gonna, I might ain't fall back. I might just fall down because I can't do it on my own. But when I am with him and through him, that's the difference. I got to walk through him when I'm in God's will. You want to see your relationships, you, if you're alone today, you want to see God benefit you, walk through him. I'm not telling you he's going to give you the love of your life. But I'm going to tell you that he first will give you him. And if he is the love of your life, everything will flow right. If God doesn't have somebody with you right now, God is saying, I got you. I can't tell you that he will give you somebody. I can't tell you that. But what I can tell you, he will never leave you or forsake you. He won't say some crazy word to you. You don't look good. You don't do this right. You don't cook. He ain't going to do all that. What he will do... Baby, we can do better. And, baby, you, you're the best thing ever. Baby, I'm going to make you right. Baby, I'm going to create you with spot, without wrinkle. I'm going to take care of the internal and the external. I don't care what man or woman you find. Uh, my wife can't take care of everything, nor can I. Because I'm human, and I got limits. But God is limitless. So if you want to see God do some mighty, wonderful things, then we're going to have to start walking through him. But that means that I've got to trust him. See, yes, I can do all things, but if I don't trust the man, I can't do anything. If I don't trust, do you trust God? I saw no one in this whole place. Look at their seats and like, is it going to hold me? Everybody just sat down. No matter how small or big we were, we all sat down. But when we get with God, we want to check the seats. I don't know about this, God. Can you really do this? Can you do it? And God is saying, you know what? I can. But we got to get out of the business of I can't. I hate when my daughter says, Daddy, I can't. And I love my son. I love my daughter, too. I love my son because my son is innovative. Daddy, I can't use the restroom because it's dark. My son said, you know what? I'm going to go get a broom and I'm going to start flipping on lights. The boy is about to turn too. He's flipping on lights with the broom. Amen. Taught my daughter how to flip on the lights with the broom. She's been existing for almost three years, cannot turn on a light. This boy, the minute he heard, oh, his daughter, I'm gonna get this. turn these lights on for this girl. Because this is the thing. He's not in the business of I can't. When we get in that business of I can't, and the truth is, you cannot. You're right. But God can. And so I can through Christ. That needs to be our phrase. I can through Christ. I can't through me, but I can through Christ. We got to stop saying I can't. Because you know what I can't means? It means defeat. It means failure. It means I will not. It means I don't believe. We tell God I can't do that, God. I can't walk with you anymore. I can't believe in you anymore. I can't trust you anymore. That's why it's hard for us to tithe. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. It's hard to give a 10%. Because you know you could do something with at least the other five. But you saying, God, I believe in you. If I give to your storehouse, you're going to overflow me in blessing. It may not give me the 10% back, but you saying I give you the peace that you wanted. I give that relationship that she wanted. I give you peace at the job that you wanted. I may give you a new job, but less pay maybe. But you're going to have more peace at this job. I may do some things that you never will ever know. But my God saying, you know what? Believe in me. Trust me. We have to get out of the business of I can. How can I say, I can't when the Bible says I can do all things through him who gives me strength. We have a big God. We got to get out of the business of telling our storm, oh, I'm going through so much. Oh, Lord, I'm going through so much. No, you know what? Say, oh, I'm going through, but oh, my God's so big. You see, the, the, you see, it's hard to, to get negative when you say how big your God is. When you say how big your problems are, you're going to be negative. Oh, I'm going, you just don't understand what I'm going through. You now you already down here. It's hard to pick it back up, but if you're saying you know what I'm going through. But but, and you we gotta start living that but life. But my God is is for real. But my God is faithful. But my God will supply all my needs. But my God will give me my daily bread. But my God will break the chains of my addiction. But my God will turn my bad habits into good deeds. But my God will bring all the stress that I've been going through. He will give me blessings through it. But my God is trying to give me and and grab me closer to him. Because I'm going through the storm and God is saying, I'm a shelter. Come on up in here. But I'm going through a flood and God said, hang on to the rock that is my son. But But, so no matter how big your storm is, your God is so much bigger than that. So I am, I will, I am, I can. Then we get to the, the last point. I will, Isaiah 6 through 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, here am I, send me. You see, this came after a long uh, couple of verses in chapter 6 where Isaiah was talking about how done he was and how he lived amongst the undone people. He said, basically, I'm jacked up, God, and I live amongst some jacked up people. How can I truly be clean? And God said, I'm going to clean you. And then when God was talking and he said, I heard that voice, whom shall I send and who will go for us? Isaiah spoke up. God, you've done all this for me. And I will step forward and be faithful to you, Almighty Father. And so what we have here is that it's time for us to step out. We got to step out and step forward. We have to stop looking back and looking back. We have to stop looking back. We're just like Lot's wife and want to look back at Sodom and Gomorrah. But understand, every time we look back, it hurts us. Every time we look back, and and the truth is you think what you were doing was better than where you are now. The truth is, no, it's not. Well, he was a good man. Well, that was a good woman. I wish I wasn't. No. You know what? God's trying to move you forward. But you keep circling around this sorry joker or this sorry uh, woman. Or you keep circling around that liquor store. Or you keep circling around, like me, McDonald's. You keep circling around whatever your stress is. Sometimes you just keep circling around yourself. And God said, I'm trying to move you forward, but but God, you don't understand. I mean, there's certain healthy food there now. God said, how can you go into the crack house and talk about, oh, all I want is some juice? (laughs) It don't make sense, does it? If I'm going to go to McDonald's and McDonald's know what it's doing, I'm going to drag this boy in. Oh, get a salad. You sure you don't want uh, 99 cents nuggets? You sure you don't want the large Sprite for a dollar What's your salad? Is it salad. See, that's how the world works. That's how Satan works. That's how accuser works. It's some relationships that we have. We got some relationships that, oh, that, he goes to church now. Baby, the devil go to church. What, what you talking about? He don't ever miss church. He ain't saved and sanctified. He's still struggling. And he ain't going to help you get to where you need to get in Christ. And the same, it's some females, some of us males didn't live alone too. They ain't got us locked up, got a police called on us. They ain't did everything. Ain't, I'm not lying. There's some people like that out there, amen. And on the flip side, you watch a little reality show. People call, and they got a record. Now you got a record because of the person. And when you keep circling around that mountain, that's them. And what Satan wants to do, he wants to hold you back. If so I can just hold you back. If I can hold you back. Some of us keep circling around with our daddy and our mama did. Well, my mama didn't raise me like that. If my mama was there, then I would be somebody today. You know what? That was 30 years ago now. Mama sometimes has even gone and passed on. It's time for us to move forward. We will circle around a hot mess. And God is saying, unload and let go and give it to me. We have people in our life who are not trying to benefit us. They're not trying to make us better. They're not trying to edify us. They're not trying to give us more glory in God. We have some people in our life who they don't even know that Satan is using them to hold us down. And and when we deal with them, when we leave out, we feel so depressed. We feel so alone. We feel so destroyed. And we don't even know why. But I love them so much. You know what? You may love them, but God said, I've been putting them out of your life. Why do you keep going back, back? to that? I did the, the 21 day fast, and, and I'm, I'm making it minimize because I got some bigger issues in life. But I did the 21 day fast, and I lost, and I was doing good. And God's saying, Why are you going back, son? Why are you going back to all the bad eating habits? I don't care who around you eating bad. Why are you? Because understand, it is your salvation I'm talking about. It is your life I'm talking about. Don't worry about everybody else. If you would get right, you may affect everybody else. So why? Why? And I saying, God, I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. Well, give me your stress. Well, God, you don't understand. And God is saying, I do understand. I've been where you've been. You know why? Because my son went through everything you went through. He was amongst the poor. He was poor. He was hated. He was betrayed. His own family thought he was crazy. But God's saying, everything that my son went through, that flesh he put on, I made it important so you could see. He made it through. Because he depended on me. Even Jesus prayed to the Father. So why don't you talk to me? Why don't you get in your word with me? Why don't you walk with me? Why do you keep resting on what you know? And why don't you have faith in what could be so much bigger than you know? You know these small little things. These things that hurt you. These things that beat you down. These things that abuse you. But you won't have faith in the promise of what I had before you. Let go. Stop holding on. Stop holding on. Because the truth is, what we hold on to is things so bad, you won't want anybody else to know about it. Amen? There's some stuff in our life we hold on. We don't want anybody else to know about it. And God is saying, I'll take it. You keep moving forward. My Holy Spirit is dwelling in you. Keep moving forward. I, my son has took the garbage. and He's going to get rid of it. Amen? Amen. And so we're here and it says, I am. I can. And I will. What will you do today? Are you ready to step out and say, Lord, I'm tired of this? Are you sick and tired? Are you ready to have faith in God? I'm not telling you, you. and this is the other thing. Too many times we wanted the big things. The big things. Will God just make it all clean right now? No, 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 no. God's going to we're going to start with the small thing. Lord, I want I trust you now. Lord now let me be 150. No, that's not how it's going to go, right? When that look crazy. One day I'm right here in front of you the weight I am and the next day I'm 350 or 150. That look crazy, right? You like, "Oh, he's sick." Right? When you say he's sick. God is saying, "You know what's going to happen? You come to me, next day you might lose a pound. The next day after that day you might lose 10. Maybe in the next month you lose 20. Maybe at, at the end of the year, you lose the 100. But I'm telling you today, you ain't going to lose the 150. You ain't going to get down to 150. It's, it, sounds, it sounds crazy, right? But why do we put that pressure on God and ourselves? God, turn around right now. Make me 150 right now. That's not going to happen. No surgeries, no pills, no, no diet plans, no how you eat going to turn you 150 in one day. Not, it's not going to do it. So your life that you're living right now, where you're struggling in, let God process you through. Because you know what? You would not want to go without the process. Because this is the truth. This is the honest truth. How many of us seen those folks that took the surgery on the weight loss? They lost a little weight. They, they wearing their little dresses. You know, they looking good. Then you see them six months later, they bigger than they were. They talking about, I've got health problems. Uh, all I can do is cross the light. I might die. Why? Because you were depending upon that surgery and you never changed your habits. You never changed anything. So you didn't want to go through the process and you want to cut short the process. And God's saying, I'm putting you through the process. I put my son through a 33 year process. Why would I not put you through a process? Because on the other end, my son died. Three days later, he got up. But if I just killed him as a baby, you wouldn't even want to worship him. If he had no miracles, you would not even worship him. I put him through a 33-year process and another three-day process so that you could see something. And then after the three days, I put him through a 40-day process. And now he's been through a 2,000-year process. So why can't you go through a process? God is saying, stop trying to cut short my blessings. Stop trying to cut short my grace. And understand I have a process. (sighs) Woo. So, I, where are you at right now? Where are you? I am. I can. Are you ready for I will? Are you ready to step out? Lord, I'm ready to go through the process. Salvation is quick. But the process of life is gonna take time. When you're ironing, you can't just iron in one minute. I learned that. Not good ironing. He said, I'm taking care of spots and wrinkles. Can't get the stain out. Sometimes the one wash. Sometimes the good washers, they let it soak. Am I right, Susan? You let it soak. Because you gotta get the stain out, right? And then when you get out, they gotta let it dry, right? And then you're going to iron it. But, but because you let it soak so much, it's so wrinkled now. But I have to let it. going to get dry. Now, you, gotta, you can't just put iron on it, right? You got to, what, starch it? And then when you starch it, you got to step back for a little bit. Let that breathe on it, right? See, this is good ironing, am I right, Sister so Daniels? This is good ironing. And then when you iron, you got to take your time. You got to take your time. And then see, if we flip it, talking about, how you doing, sister? Come on in. We almost... Uh, but, but we were cooking, good cooking, and not out of the microwave, amen? Good cooking is out of the stove. Real good cooking sometimes takes a day. Amen? That good, tender cooking, that cooking like mm-mm-mm. It didn't take two minutes. It took some time. God is taking you through a process. He wants to take you through a process. The salvation that we have is quick and easy. But the life we're going to live is a process. Get ready for a process. Are you ready to embrace that? I am. This is where I am. I can because God is going to give me the strength to work through him. And at the end, I will. Lord, I am ready to go and send me. Here am I. Send me. Send me to the battlefield. Send me. Send me. Send me. Send me. So God is good. Chanel, give us a verse. We're going to open the doors of the church. But the truth is, we got to let go of our past so God can open the door to our future. So, is there anybody here today, is there anybody here today who's ready to step out of their old life and ready to embrace the life of Christ? Because Jesus has been waiting for you. He's 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 right here and saying, baby, I'm right here. I saw you when you were young. I saw you when you went through the abuse. I saw you when your daddy didn't love you right. I saw you when your mama didn't love you right. I saw you when you were crying. I saw you when you were in tears. I saw when you were broke. I saw when no one said they love you. I saw you in the midnight hour and I was there. I've been there. I've been holding my hand open for you. Saying, baby, come to me. You've been alone. I've been there. You're alone because you think you're alone. But God's saying, I'm here. I have never left you. When your mama left you, when your daddy left you, when your job let you go, I never left you. I never, ever left you. No matter how deep in drugs you got, no matter how much alcohol got in your system, no matter what man or woman you were with, I never left you. I was right there with you. I was by your side. I never left you. So at this point, I say, will you step out of your old life? Step out your old life and embrace me. We step out your old life and say, what must I do to become saved? We step out your old life and say, Jesus, I need you more than ever.